Thank you for tuning in to the Vigilance Press podcast. My name is James Dossie. I'm the owner and publisher. And tonight we are doing our part two coverage of the Green Ronin Annual Summit. Uh, I have with us uh, a regular uh, guest tonight, Jack Norris. He's an old friend of ours. Hey, Jack, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right. Hope everybody's doing okay out there in podcast land. Yeah. So um, Jack actually just came back just like uh, Steve and and John. Well, John lives in Seattle, so he doesn't have yeah. to travel as far. But uh, you just flew out to Seattle for the annual summit, and yep. it basically amounts to two days of talking about the business of, of what what's going on with Green Ronin. Yep. And uh, you are currently the line developer for the Dragon Age game, as well as is the Age system yourself, itself... <laughs> Yeah, yes, uh, yes, I'm doing Dragon Age, I'm also doing the Age system, Uh, we will, and I can't really say anything other than more than it's a thing that's happening right now, Uh, uh, Chris Premis, our president, is also working on an Age project, that he's Mm going to be sort of headlining, uh, but I also do, but the Age development system stuff is is my, I'm the developer for, so, but because since Chris, but since Chris, you know, designed the original age system and, you know, and and it's his company, um, he, you know, we, he wanted to work on a particular project and it was really, um, it was by far the best thing for him to do it. Um, so I'll be sort of taking sort of an assistant developer position in that project, but on all other things age, including uh, a couple, a couple other big things we've got coming up. Um, I'll be the developer on that as well on that. So, all right, we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, whatever I can not get you in trouble for. Oh but, yeah, well, um, you know, it's definitely a thing. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I did want to remind people that uh, in case you skipped the other podcast for some reason, because I can't imagine why you'd want to skip a podcast with John Lighthouser <laughs> and Steve Kenson. Um, but if you missed that one, we j- this week we just released. Uh, one of Jack Norris's projects, uh, the Beta Men. It's it's an amazing. It's one of our amazing stories of World War II line of pro- uh, products. So it's a mutants and masterminds supplement set in World War II, and it basically tells you how to run an alien invasion, kind of in the shadows of what's going on during World War II. And there's an organization called the Beta Men, who are there to help your heroes find out about and fight you know whatever invasion you choose and we've got like three different sample alien races for you to yep. kind of pick from and there's also a neat little subsystem in there for using victory points uh, players can earn victory points to kind of help them you know guide the story so it's a pretty cool product I'm really proud of it the artwork's great the layout's great it's in our new seven uh, I think it's seven by ten inch format which looks really good on tablets yeah elect- it really the, does the electronic version is out um and i will let you guys know uh on the vigilance press website when the print version is ready to go and that'll be from create space as usual so um before we jump into dragon or dragon age uh one little bit of gossip how about that avengers age of ultron trailer oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my. Well, first of all, let me say that I have to applaud Marvel by uh, once they realized that it was going to be released and that it was it had leaked and it was this sort of crappy version that they stepped in and, and did a like a, a real version, you know, and got that out there. That was uh, I don't know if anybody's on you know, for, for those who aren't on Twitter. 
um, after it leaked, the Mar- official Marvel Twitter feed basically said, damn it, Hydra. And then they <laughs> went ahead and le- leaked everything, which I thought was, uh, you know, sort of further evidence that I think Mar- that Marvel and Disney working together are, are doing a wonderful um, job sort of sort of uh, coordinating and promoting this, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Marvel as a brand. Um, also, I will point out, and this is something that occurred to me last night and kind of like didn't really blow my mind, but it was sort of a whoa uh, moment. Um, the the song that is used in yeah, the trailer, <laughs> it's that, that's possible because of the Disney Marvel merger. Because if not, they would have had to have gotten permission from Disney and probably paid Disney to use it, and now they probably and they probably wouldn't have um, if it had been a you know if it had been a. Um, no, so, they've, so that, they've, they've licensed they've licensed their songs to other movies and other it's companies. True, it's true. I, I it was just that that was such an interesting thing to me. Like you know, I don't know if but I, I can't. I, say. I would not I, I would not be at all surprised if you know once once Disney kind of took possession of of Marvel, you know, Joss Whedon when he was writing it didn't yes. sit back and go, what opportunities does this give me? And I and I'm pretty sure that you know and that could <laughs> and, and you know that could have been Feige that could have been Whedon, but whoever had the idea was it was brilliant and. Um, I, uh, I I thought that was a really interesting um, take on. I think it actually was a wonderful way of getting the character of Ultron introduced to everybody in like what what a minute and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and and even with the changes they're doing to his origin about who created him, uh, it was very heartening to me as a comic fan to see that that's Ultron. Mm-hmm. You know that whole the whole attitude that he was sort of you know that sort of low menacing attitude. And uh, I will admit I would have never thought of James Spader's voice as Ultron, but now James Spader is totally Ultron. Yes. That I can't was, imagine it being anybody else right now. Well, when he when he said, I, I've got no strings on me, I actually got chills. I was like, yeah. oh, that's so cool. Um, yeah. And uh, and I've been watching The Blacklist, which I actually have been enjoying in, at season two. And Spader mm-hmm. uh, is the, the lead in that, and yeah. or one of the leads in that. And it's so um, interesting to see him play sort of a, a very um, villainous, trying to be a hero character, uh, which is sort of the premise of that. Um, and... The uh, and sort of a mastermind character, and then to see him take a completely different take on it is going to be really exciting. So yeah. I'm I'm super incredibly psyched for Avengers too. Um, I have enjoyed all the Marvel movies to varying degrees, and you know a few of them are just some among my favorite movies I've seen in recent years. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I mean I love Guardians in particular. Uh, this has been a particularly great year because we had Guardians and Winter Soldier, which mm-hmm. I both loved, and I'm hoping that next year we'll continue that trend and that we will have. Um, you know, just uh, I'm, I know people are worried about Ant Man, um, but I actually really like Paul Rudd, and I really like Scott. The Scott Lang Ant Man is actually my favorite, so I'm a little biased to uh, to this. I, I'm a little concerned about what's going to happen with Wasp, as I know some people have talked about online. But I also think that there's a really decent chance that we're going to get uh, a Wasp character um, that may not be janet directly but i think it might be like her daughter or something or we might find out that we did janet because i've even thought of a way to do that so um well, they have they have you know the actress did say uh there was like some initial confusion about exactly what her name was going to be uh, mm-hmm. when she was at the panel right but, um because i don't think she'd seen the final script right but you know she seemed to be aware that she was playing janet van dyne's Daughter. daughter right um so it was which which you know which uh, people i think people are like you know i know some people are a little bothered and i'm like you know what honestly um if that's going to open up and establish and this is what i'm kind of hoping uh sort of a 1960s secret avengers era with like uh pym and and 
Van Janet, you know, back in the day, um, and some other things. I think that could be a really great way for the Marvel Cinematic Universe to distinguish its brand, but still keep all those characters. Um, and it would also be interesting to see, like, you know, where we get some of these things. Because Marvel even recently has done some things like, for example, in Original Sins, they've revealed that in the 1970s, Luke Cage's dad was involved with some superheroes and that's a new revelation that now there was a whole 1970s sort of street avengers type style team and you know that's now something that's been opened up that maybe we you know we maybe we'll see if they can you know spread that timeline out um because back in the you know back in the original days of comics you know there was no real there weren't too many superheroes between captain america getting dropped in the ice and captain america waking up um and that was fine in the 1960s <laughs> when nobody was buying superhero comics for, that, that weren't like, you know, the main, the main DC, you know, ones for a good chunk of the 50s. Um, but that, but then, you know, now it's like, well, if you wake Captain America up in you know, 2013 or whatever, you've got this wonderful, you know, however much time you've got to play with. And it'd be interesting to see them play with it. So I'm, I'm definitely excited to see what they do with it. Um, also, I'm obviously super hyped. I will watch any if they keep doing Guardians in the style that they did. I will watch every Guardians film that they do. Um and I'm actually a, really looking forward to the animated series just from the uh, yeah. test footage I saw. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to um, – yeah, I didn't really care that much for the latest Avengers series. I really loved Earth Mightiest Heroes. Um, I, I know that the style of Ultimate Spider-Man is not for everybody, but I actually kind of find it a little the, – the sort of self-referential teen sort of Parker Lewis can't lose sort of with Spider-Man is kind of endearing. Um, and um, except for Peter Parker can lose and does so constantly which is sort of the shift but um but no, i i actually am uh, actually pretty pretty happy with what marvel's been doing i have i like i've been happy with most of their comics lately um i've been definitely happy with like all their tvs i mean what, what tv we've had so far and um i was actually really excited when i looked at the daredevil uh footage and it actually had him in his um his temporary sort of cobbled together costume from uh, Frank Miller's uh, Man Without Fear series, which was sort of a retelling of his origin. And I know some people are like, oh, what's that black outfit? That's like from the Trial of Incredible Hulk. And I'm like, no, that's not what it is at all. <laughs> that's from a really a really good, comprehensive, cool origin story that hopefully they'll use. I mean, it's back when, you know, I may not, may not have a lot of really nice things to say about Frank Miller, contemporary his contemporary work, because of, I don't know, some of his attitudes and such. But back when he was on, he was he was great. And particularly on Daredevil, and and so you know to look, go back to that stuff and say, hey, we're gonna nod to this. We're gonna take uh, from these wonderful storylines. I'm also hoping we'll get some sort of current Mark Wade style because Wade's stuff is very swashbuckler and fun. But um, I mean, I'm I'm expecting Daredevil to be darker than you know some of the other shows. I think that's appropriate, but I just don't want it to be crazy dark. I'd like it to hit like Arrow level of dark, basically, is my hope. Yeah. Um, I'm, thinking, whereas, I'm thinking we're gonna see you know a shift. You know, darker in tone, maybe a little more violence than we'd see on Agents of Shield because it is on Netflix, so. and I think that's what? what they're saying. But, um, you know, I'm 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 just looking forward to being able to binge watch the entire series in one uh, setting. Well, also, <laughs> it's it's going to be a 13-hour movie day. Right, and the four the four series uh, the four uh, series that they have announced that they're doing also are a little more street level, a little darker. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely. I'm also very weirdly sort of like retroactively super excited that they're doing an Iron Fist series, and Netflix is also doing a sequel to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon that they're funding and having done. So it's kind of one of those things for me where I'm like, 
okay, I was kind of like, well, this will be cool. I love Iron Fist, but I wonder how much into the martial arts stuff that they're really going to get. And then to find out that they're even exploring that on another area is like, oh, we, we might get a, some really cool stuff with Kunlun and, and et cetera from, from Iron Fist, which is really what distinguishes him from a lot of other martial arts heroes. So it'd be nice to see that. Um, it would be kind of neat if they, they managed to pull some talent from the Crouching Tiger group to do some... Uh, some... Yeah, I mean, if they had like Donnie Yen or something show up as like Lake Kung the Thunderer, I might just not know what to do. I might just... <laughs> Oh my God! Really? Um, or any number of like Nicholas Say, say or a, a number of, of actors I could see, and actually that would be um, that would actually probably be a pretty good idea for them to uh, you know. No, no offense against, and I love Jackie Chan and Jet Li and all those guys, the guys who have done movies over here, but it would be kind of nice to see them go over and say, you know, there aren't just three stars in Hong Kong. Um, that's uh, but but again, that said, if they get Chai and Fat for anything, I love Chai and Fat. So that'd or be Michelle Yeoh. Or Michelle Yeoh, yes, all yeah. Michelle Yeoh, or, or any number of, of wonderful wonderful actors and who I think would be uh, be great. And it'd be nice to see that sort of make a, a comeback for various reasons. Both, you know, I, I'd love to see, uh, our sort of see a little bit of a resurgence back from where, I mean, it never really went away, but Wuzai got a big boost in the arm around Crouching Tiger and some of those other movies and that were getting commercial releases here. And now it's, uh, it's more, it, it's kind of fallen back the way that anime and some other things have where it is definitely an industry. It is definitely something people are, you know, able to do you can go to conventions, you can get this stuff and you don't have to hunt through it. You know, like, like some of us who've been into this stuff for a long time have had to do, but it's, I mean, you, you can, you know, get on Netflix and watch something. Um, but it is definitely like it's always nice to see those come back around for a big boost every once in a while. So cool. well, hopefully that will be right. great. But so, yeah, um, so, the people, you know, at, at the risk of, of of people like starting to hit fast forward. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's like I already, talk saw, I already about, saw the Avengers trailer, man. Shut up. Yeah. So yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna um, we're gonna first talk a little bit about Dragon Age, and then we're gonna talk about Tinsia. Um, just kind of give you guys a quick update on where we are and a bunch of the stretch goals that we're we're still plugging away on but i want to start talking uh with the green ronin stuff since you know you got to be in the big secret powwow tent um this is your second year i think my second year as a dragon age developer uh i might it might be a little more than that because i you know went to the but it's my second summit um and so i yeah. What's 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 coming out? Uh, I've I've actually seen some pictures from uh, Chris Premus of the third box set. So yeah. it exists in in real in the real world now. Uh, we had some issues getting some of the parts for the box set put together, um, and so there was sort of a I don't know if it's if people externally uh, other than waiting for it and wanting it to come out probably found the you know the it exists and it's real thing as amusing as we did, um, but uh, but we definitely. <laughs> We definitely were like, you know, why is this thing not done? And uh, but it, but it, you know, it, it's out. It's uh, it's in the, the warehouse has it. They are in the process of you know getting it together. Uh, you know, they checked the boxes. Nothing got you know, nothing got crushed. You know, um, so we're in, we're in good shape there. Um, but we're basically going to be uh, releasing. You know, we're going to be selling those. I do know there is a plan. Um, it's not really my purview, but I do know there is a plan to make sure that stores get them. Um, we we did a smaller print run. Uh, due to uh, the collected core book, which I will talk about in a second, um, and so, but we did want people to have access to, you know, the third set. We said we'd do it. We wanted to do it. Um, you know, we at one point had talked about not doing it, and we said, no, 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 we got to do it. Um, and we want people to have those you know, people who really love the box sets and want that framework to do it. 
So, um, so that's, um, that's, you know, that's out. That's, that's, you know, technically released. I, I can't say you're going to be able to go to your, you know, store and find it right this instant, but I do know it is on its way to a retail outlets and it can be ordered through the green Ronin store. And, uh, I'm presuming other places as well, uh, depending on where you do your sort of RPG shopping. Um, but it is, uh, it will be, you know, it'll, it'll, uh, it'll be coming. It's, it's, I mean, again, uh, some people may already have theirs. I don't know. Uh, I don't, I haven't heard of anyone, you know, leaping up and down and saying, oh my God, I've gotten it. So I think they're still in the process of, of fulfilling orders and packing up books and shipping them out or boxes and shipping them out. But, um, you know, that may change literally any day. Uh, I know I'm still waiting on my, um, on my atomic robo, uh, Kickstarter and other people have gotten there. So I definitely, uh, um, sympathize with the where is mine uh, yes. feeling that people have. So, um, what's in, so what's in the third box? So what's in Dragon box, Age box three? The third box is um, covers eleven levels eleven to twenty, which will be the the level the rest of the level range. Uh, it includes more monsters, uh, advice on running more epic campaigns. Um, it includes uh, the first thing I wrote for Dragon Age was the organization rules that are in there, which are running your own organization. Uh, you want to run a, a guild or a, a kingdom, even um, you know a band of a mercenary group, um, and it scales up based on how you want to do that. And we provide some examples. Um, let's see what else. Uh, new specializations—that's a big thing for the classes because uh, Dragon Age and the Age system in general really focuses on trying to have only have a handful of classes try to keep it down to like three or so which dragon age does and um so to get your sort of special so what dragon age does and this is something the video game does as well to give your character more customization they have specializations and we've had those in past uh sets um for things like being a templar which is you know an important thing in the setting or being certain types of mages and we've added several more to that um it's um Basically, including some stuff people have really been wanting, uh, shapeshifter for the for wizard for mages, and um, a couple of uh, chevalier, which is sort of a knight character. Um, for I mean, there were the templars kind of are knights too, but the chevalier is more of a mounted sort of champion, um, a horseman, um, a marksman for like uh, arrows and and you know range combat and a couple other ones uh, there are more new spells uh, that kind of goes along with that whole leveling up the character. Um, some new uh, talents and weapons um you know not we didn't overload that but we do have pole arms and some other uh combat and stuff which is interesting because pole arms weren't really in the original dragon age uh video game either um and so we've kind of been something that was added by us to be like hey we want to uh you know we want to we know people want that even if it's not being used a lot in the in the video game um well, the, video game, sure. the video game takes a very specific you know, genre of gameplay. You're really yeah. focusing on dungeon crawls, at least in the first one. So. Yeah, and you're definitely, and you're, and honestly, from a from a maybe a slight nod to realism, you're in a pretty. And I know that the, the game doesn't really track your, you know, your your room to sling a weapon or whatever too much. But I, but with all those sort of closed corridors and such, mm -hmm. I, I think there might have been a, I think there might have been a thought. You know, maybe it was an animation issue, but I think there might have been a thought of, well, given the case, having these guys use a bunch of like spears and halberds is going to be weird because you know they're they're not going to be able to swing. You can't swing. I mean, you might be able to stab with like a stabby pole arm, but you're not going to be able to swing with one. Um, and and since definitely the uh, the Dragon Age animation in the games is definitely tries to be very dynamic and active. I also think maybe there was a thing of like, look, if all we're going to have something to do with the spear is just go stab, 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 then maybe we should do something else. I don't know. I mean, I mean that's just pure speculation on my part. But uh, but regardless, it's in the game now. Um, so we've got that. We've got some rules on mounted combat. 
uh, <clears throat> let's see. I'm, I'm thinking of like again uh, a, a much more history of the setting for those who were um, you know were wanting more of that more information on Orlais um, and Tevinter uh, and some of the other. Um, I always want to throw an L into Tevinter, and there, there isn't one. Um, and uh, <laughs> um, yeah, Televinter. I was Tevinter, and I always want to say Televinter. I don't know why. It's just a thing. <laughs> Sometimes I will want to put letters places where they won't. Sometimes when you hear me, you will hear me do that. It is just a thing in my head. You're, you are probably not saying it wrong if you're listening to this. Going, am I saying that wrong? You're probably not. That's probably me. Um, <laughs> but uh, but so um, basically, um, we're going to have more information on that, more history. Uh, and then that leads into... Um, you know, sort of put, sort of bringing the game up to where it needed to be, and probably needed to be for a while. I and mean, we definitely had some delays that we are, we, we regret and are glad to be passed. Um, but now, you know, now there's now there's a set out that has all the rules from levels one to twenty, full campaign range, uh, all the spells, all the specializations, and everything you'll need realistically, and everything from, uh, with two exceptions that I'll talk about in a second, um, everything from. Uh, the, the first Dragon Age game and Awakening, um, mostly, and again, I'll talk about that in a second, um, but definitely trying to just give people more content. Um, and uh, then that also led us, by getting all these rules together and put together, we were able to start working on the Collected Core, which is our next big release. And we had originally wanted to make this a little... We had wanted more space between the release of Set 3 and the Collected Core. But uh, Bioware kind of made our decision for us by you know setting their release date for um for inquisition i mean they didn't actually make our decision for us but practically they did um we we want the we wanted to have a collected core book out um if not exactly when inquisition came out very shortly afterwards uh we originally had planned to release it in november and it just came down the collected core and it came down between the delays in the box set um, which means a lot of people won't even be getting their box sets until November in stores and such, um, you know, early November, hopefully. Um, but, you know, since we're at the tail end of October, um, it would seem really not like the thing to do to release a, a here. And here's this other book you should buy that has all the rules in it. Um, when hey, I just bought this set, what's going on? But we didn't want to wait too long because. Quite frankly, we're out of print of everything but set three. <laughs> um, so if you find, so if you're looking to get the sets and you hear this and you go and you like to collect games like you know that are what you know that are hard to find, I will tell you that set one and set two are, are currently out of print. So I mean, I don't, you know, we don't have them. So if you've if you want them and you see them out there and you're thinking about getting set three from a form of a collector standpoint, um, just kind of throwing that out there. From more of a you know game standpoint, never fear because we're doing the collected core book that'll be out in January. And that is um, going to be our uh, all the rules from sets from sets one, two, and three. Uh, re, you know, and we're not just throwing three. You know, we're not just throwing all the files together. They're being reorganized. Uh, some things are being somewhat rewritten and reworked. There were some things that back in the day applied to Dragon Age one from set one and two um, that we're going to update a little bit. Um, mostly sort of just text about history, things that have been revealed, things we didn't know, things nobody knew, I think, in some cases, except for maybe the guys at Bioware. Um, also, then, we're going to be doing um, a couple... I, uh, I tried to add in some extras for folks who, you know... I, I actually am really excited to just have all the rules collected, I'll be honest. I'm actually more excited to have a book than the sets. I, I think the box sets are great, but my personal preference is to have a rule book. Um, so I'm just excited about that myself. 
but in addition to that we did try to add some i did work to add some content um we're uh, adding a new starter adventure because the first starter adventure um to be completely honest has just been played and played and played at cons and demos and things and we just wanted to kind of give folks something different and um so we're going to be also something that's a little more tying into inquisition which is the current release um uh, we added some more monsters uh some things that were um from other uh sources but all canon and uh we added uh, three new specializations one for each class uh one from dragon age that never originally made it in the reaver which is sort of the bad kind of a more villainous sort of dark class and i think that's why it originally didn't make it in I, it was before my time but i'm pretty sure that was the reason um and we were thinking focusing more on playing heroes um so the reaver and then the uh, legionnaire um which is a dwarven rogue class of for sort of their death legion which are the the people that go out and sort of seek their death you know honorably in combat against the hordes of the dark spawn to save you know save the rest of their culture and then the necromancer which i actually got information on from bioware uh which will be in inquisition so it's a little preview of, of inquisition which is sort of your uh and necromancers are a little different than they are in say D and such they're still definitely it's a little more about communicating with spirits and channeling spirits than like raising the dead though you can also do like zombies and stuff um and so they're gonna have that we're gonna have a discussion on campaign frameworks um talk about different types of campaigns including the mage templar war and inquisition but the uh the source material is gonna not uh, it's going to stop at Inquisition, uh, before, right before Inquisition, in terms of background and uh, you know keeping spoilers to a minimum. A uh, lot of reasons for that. Everything from it made approvals more feasible on our schedule to um, I really, really did not want to like penalize someone who got busy, um, you know, during the holiday season and didn't pick up Dragon Age Inquisition. And then got themselves in a Dragon Age, but got the you know, but got the game book and was like, and then it's like, oh great, this spoils the video game for me. So we didn't really want to do that as a gamer myself. I didn't really, I thought that was, we kind of thought that would be a bad idea. So, um, <laughs> so instead, we're going to do a separate Inquisition book, which uh, which is going to include a source book for them. It's going to include a lot of information. Also, uh, as a gamer, I. I really just wanted to sit down and play through Dragon Age Inquisition myself before seriously trying to, um, you know, I, I can do the, I can look at, you know, data files and I can talk to the folks at Bioware and they are fantastic at giving me information and I can totally figure out like, well, this is how much damage this spell does and this is, you know, what it happens. But I want to, until I play it and until I, and I feel this way about the freelancers and stuff I'll be look, talking to, until we all play it or experience it, I can't. I kind of feel like it's not going to be as good a book as it could be to do an Inquisition source book until after the, the the game is out, and we've all had a chance to sit down and at least play through the main story. Like you know, maybe maybe we haven't played through it you know seven times or whatever. But if everybody's gotten a chance to at least sit down and absorb it and sort of see this is how the game feels. This is what it's supposed to feel like when you're in the you know the, the Inquisition sure. era. Um, and um, I, it's one of the reasons why you know people that you know were contributing to Tianxia, uh, we had to be very careful that they understood the genre. Yeah. I mean, there's, you can you can tell someone, oh, I just, you know, you can tell someone, can you write me a short story about Kung Fu? And you will not get, you know, it's you will a, not David. get a Wuxia story. <laughs> so here's how, here's how David Carradine got the part. No! Um... <laughs> But yeah, and it's 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 that. I think another thing is that uh, we had uh, originally, um, and I was again before my time, but I know the story. Um, we had started developing 
Dragon Age 1 on sort of the preliminary notes. You know, Dra- Dragon Age was not out. The original Dragon Age was not out when we started working on the original system and everything. And while I think overall, you know, it came together really good, and I think it's, I think it's cool, and I, it's a really fun system, and I think it works great. And there was never the intention of modeling the, the mechanics of the game exactly because they're two totally different things. Um, I know there are a few times when things had to be, like, changed and rewritten or reworked or kind of re-explained later because we're sitting there going, well, you know, that's what we knew at the time. And uh, given the delays in our schedule with getting set three out and some other things, it seemed like the sensible thing to do. And this is what we talked about as a setting. The set, the summit was, you know, what are we going to do about the Inquisition book? And I was sort of, you know, this was the pitch was we're going to wait a month. Um, because at that point, that was, you know, I, I have a bunch of people who have expressed interest. I have a wonderfully talented pool of folks, of passionate folks who sent me freelance submissions that I need to go through, that I'm going to going through. And uh, additions to some more veteran folks. Uh, that I've worked with before or have who have seen their products or who have expressed interest in working on Dragon Age, who are fans of the game, who are fans of the line, are fans of both the tabletop and the video game. And, uh, you know, they're all interested in saying, I want to work on this, I want to work on this, you're doing anything for Inquisition. And I realized that the best way to chart that project going forward would be to let everybody dive into it and go, oh man, this was awesome, and get the energy from Bioware's creativity to help fuel ours. And so, so Inquisition is going to, so people have asked, because I know it's been asked a lot, are you going to do an Inquisition book? Yes, we are. Is it going to come out? You know, is it going to take forever to come out? God, we hope not. Um, but, <laughs> but it is going to not come out right when Inquisition did, because we talked at one point about doing, um, you know, and they were, and Bioware was willing and did give us information uh, that we could have used to start putting it together. And I think at the end of the day, I mean, this was sort of my call, so blame me, um, though I mean, that they Green Run and signed off on it too, but this was sort of my my push, and so I prioritized other things. Um, I was looking at you know that release date on Inquisition coming out, and I'm going, man, November 18th ain't that far away, and it's going to be. And once I've played it, you know, not only will I be able to um, understand it better myself as a designer and developer, but I'm going to have a lot better time looking through other people's stuff who send me stuff and be able to keep chart the whole project. So. Um, also, Bioware will just be a lot more open once it's out. You know, they don't have to keep anything secret. Once the game's out, they don't have to say, hey, this thing we sent you, make sure that, you know, you don't show it to a freelancer who doesn't sign our NDA. And, you know, this is, you know, this is, or, or in some cases, we're 95% sure this is what it's going to be. But we're, you know, but we're still, the game's still being made. You never know. And that's definitely a, you know, reality of create of creative work. So, uh, so that's the inquisition book though. I mean, it is going to be sort of a companion. It's going to probably include some new uh, classes and or not classes, specializations and some abilities from that. I've gotten a preliminary look at what's going to be there. Um, I will say a lot of stuff is, is very similar to what we already have. Um, you know, there are a lot of specializations that already existed, and those will be the same, but there are going to be some new ones. Uh, new creatures, new monsters, new threats. Uh, there's going to be, of course, new history to talk about, uh, new characters, um, and, of course, some return to some old favorite characters from the series, many of whom have changed in significant ways, uh, including some factions themselves that have completely changed, and that's the only thing I can say about that. But uh, there's going to be, like, things are real different in the Dragon Age Inquisition era versus the uh, the Dragon Age era of the original game and there's a focus change in focus and there's a change in story and there's a change in a lot of things and i'm super excited to see how it all comes out on bioware's end and then of course on ours um but that means you know we're gonna we're gonna basically wait till the game comes out and then we're gonna dive in and i'm gonna spend my time between the game release and now uh you know picking sort of 
slowly putting together the sort of theoretical team in my head who I think would be the right people to work with on it. And I, and I am committed to using a mix of new and old folks because I think that that's the best way to do it. Um, I think it's great to have new blood in to help revitalize. And I always love to give folks a chance because Lord knows if people hadn't given me a chance to do stuff, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Um, but at the same time, I think it's always great to have those sort of like, I think it was, I can't remember who it was. Somebody at the summit called them the sort of a tent pole, you know, having a few folks there who have done stuff and who know what's going on and have, you know, done it regularly and just sort of can be there to sort of take the pressure off the developer to be someone people can turn to for advice or someone who can sort of, you know, help shape something or somebody you just know you can give a tricky spot to, you can give a, a tricky thing to that you know is going to have like, you know, that the approvals team at Bioware is going to be going over with a fine tooth comb and you know you can turn to that guy and say, just this is I need you to handle this one, you know, or, or which or, or alternatively, I need to handle this one and I need you to handle this one over here while that's being done, um, which is probably more insight into the game design process than a lot of people want. But that's basically what we're looking at. <laughs> um, so that's that's uh, that's the Inquisition book. I don't know if we have an actual title for it yet. We might be calling it the Inquisition Companion. Um, I, I, I don't. I, that's one I don't know. I do know, however. Uh, we're also going to be doing Faces of Thetis. Faces of Thetis is, uh, I originally announced it last year as a PDF product, and it wasn't that they weren't getting written <laughs> um, and that they couldn't be done. It was that it was just with approvals and everything else, it had become tough. And it had also become evident to me that it was it's easier for us and it's easier for Bioware and it's easier for all people along the process to do the official licensed content um, in larger chunks if possible and not release them you know, on weekly PDFs and such as much as possible. Uh, we are going to be doing some PDF releases for some things, but, um, uh, that, but one of the things that uh, – but Faces was really going to be a series like you know, every week we're going to f- focus on a different person in, uh, in, the, in, in the world – and then you know, talk about how who they were and give stats for them. If that, if stats were appropriate, there might be a few where stats aren't going to matter so much, or stats aren't really what we're talking about. Um, and then talk about how they can be used for adventure seeds and used in role playing, and how they can be a way to make the world seem more like the video game and more organic. And uh, you know, people have asked for a lot of these characters before, like Morgan and Liliana and uh, um, Varric. We did release in a, in a small little thing, uh, and Talos, which was Felicia Day's character from one of the DLCs for the game, we released as well uh, for Dragon Age Two. Um, but we're looking at doing more of those, and also like major movers and shakers. In some cases, some of the kings and queens, and emperors and empresses and such out there. Uh, <clears throat> the plan for that would be is, is uh, and that's also another project I'm really committed to using some new folks on, because uh, I think that would actually be exciting. And I also had all these people write me monsters and characters as my as our green run and. Uh, uh, freelance tryout we had a couple months ago and so i have a really good idea who i think can handle that part of it and then it's just a matter of picking those folks and talking to them and seeing scheduling and etc um but yeah so um we're going to do that and it's going to be sort of a, a character book with adventure stuff and um so kind of a a, a, a kind of a combination of basically um, sort of an adventure campaign book. I, mean, I call it more of a campaign book than an adventure book because we're not really going to, I don't think we're currently planning on having like an adventure adventure in there. More like sort of ideas and seeds and then, but more of like sort of a cast book. You know, sort of here, here are all these characters 
you can use. Um, and, and, you know, here, here's what they can be good, you know, good for. And in some cases, I'm sure we'll have like, you know, other uh, minions and assistants and stuff. You know, we're not going to, we're not going to just detail the head of this order and go, you know, ahead of this order. If he's in there and go, Oh, well, you're on your own with his, with his lackeys, you know, we'll have stats for those guys. Um, and that's faces, and I don't know the immediate release date on that right now, but that's going to be something we're going to be working on. Um, I, I, we have a release date for it. I just, I'm totally blanking on it, so I apologize. Um, but it will be next year. It'll be 2015. Uh, I want to say summerish um, is is around there. Um, and so then somebody's probably, if they're really paying attention, just heard me say we're not doing PDF releases of stuff like that. And so they're like, well, you're not doing any of them. I'm like, well, no, <laughs> um, we are going to be doing uh, sort of weekly PDF releases with age. And uh, we did the bestiaries last year, which were pretty well received. Uh, and they were a more, uh, and they weren't weekly, but they were, uh, we had a few of them. We're going to have actually four more coming out that uh, finally got finished, um, which is largely my fault. Um, and, those are ready to go um, to final edits and layouts, and that those are going to. But the beast areas of anybody who've looked at them are non-licensed age beast areas, and so they have sort of like, and they have categories like giants or you know mythic, you know uh, undead. We didn't actually do an undead one, but but that would be an example. Um, you know anything that's sort of a category, a creep, you know crawling horrors was one we did, which was bugs and you know insects and creepy insects, giant insects and you know giant centipedes and things like that. Um, uh, Beastman was one that I did that included like you know uh, you know various types of you know half an- man, half animal, lizard men and such, and then had a background for people playing those types. Um, and we're going to be doing that's what we did last year, and we'll have a few more of those coming out. Uh, and it's but we're going to do next year is we're going to do a series of monster uh, one shot monster uh, things, and uh, we're just going to do a, a, like a, a shorter uh, you know stat block plus a little bit um, weekly release, uh, kind of like what uh, Mutants and Masterminds did with uh, Threat Reports. Now these yeah. these short one offs, um, are you going to be using like actual canon stuff, or is this going to be kind of nope. more more in, of your own? In fact, in fact, if it, in fact, if it's going to scare people, I am actually not even really going to be looking that much at um, established creatures and things. Uh, I'm going to be actually going. Um, we have some. Um, I'm going to be looking at like you know sort of. I'm going to do some sort of interesting experimental design with this on my on my end. Like you know, looking at a piece of art that we have from an artist, for example, that looks to, that and go, I want to do a creature that's that that is this piece, you know, um, or you know, deciding oh. Um, you know what movie's coming out that looks really interesting? Oh, okay, cool. I'm going to do something that's evocative of that. Um, so I mean that's and that's my personal sort of plan. So I mean that, that uh, other people doing you know these these things for other lines might feel differently. But my personal plan is to actually have some really fun, have some fun with it, and uh, kind of try to capture some of the wackier monsters and the crazier monsters, or you know. Um, uh, more interesting. I'm not saying I'm never going to look at something from mythology and say I'm writing up the, this up. You know that'll probably happen. Um, but I'm also, you know, there's there's going to be times when people are going to go, "What is this thing?" And it's going to be like, "Well, this was you know the crazy idea that was in my head um, that I decided would be a, a really cool monster to throw into a campaign." And I'm going to try as much as possible to make them, you know, sort of compatible. They'll be mechanically compatible with Dragon Age. I'm going to try to make them sort of thematically compatible as much as possible, but they are going as, to... Aesthetically compatible? Yes, that, that would be the word I would use. Yes, exactly. And that's a good good, good save, because I was trying to figure out how to explain it. Um, <laughs> and uh, But that would be basically what we'd be doing. We would be, we would be having... So, you know, 
they're not going to be pro- so the occasional one aside if i just get a wonderful idea and also this may change as more projects develop uh there's going to you know there, there are probably going to be things that sort of trend dark fantasy a little bit uh because that's what dragon age is mm-hmm. and so um that's probably what we're going to see and i'm going to be writing the lion's share of those probably all possibly all of them definitely a lot of them um, and it's going to be basically sort of a fun sort of thing to be like, hey, here's a monster for you know your group. Here's a monster for this. And then you know we have when we have enough of them. I, I'm I'm I mean, we Aaron, I'm assuming we'll collect them, but I really don't know offhand. I think that will I think demand will be a, a question there because of course we have a lot of other things in our queue to develop. Um, so speaking of which, uh, uh, is that about it for the announcements? Uh, yeah, I mean there is you can talk about? the only thing I can the only thing other thing I guess I can say, and this is I'm, this is sort of a teaser, uh, is that that is all the Dragon Age stuff that mm-hmm. we have planned for next year. Uh, oh, oh, except for a GM screen, we're going to do a new GM screen uh, with a, with an adventure that was previously unreleased and uh, some other content. So um, there will, at least I'm pretty sure the adventure is in that. I'm almost positive that that's where it's going um, <clears throat> because we do have a, another adventure to release. And I'm, I'm uh, so we'll be doing a, a Dragon Age screen, a GM screen, and of course we have things like you know Dragon Dice and stuff that we've already put out. I'm not saying there'll be absolutely no other Dragon Age products for this this year, but we would really like to focus on uh, you know basically. Three, oh, the collected core book plus three other releases, which is Faces, the Inquisition book, and a GM screen, basically having a quarterly release. Um, you know, as much as realistically possible with regards to breaking those down. Uh, you know, it's possible the GM screen may come out. You know, you know earlier in a quarter, and something else might come out later. We're going to see how that all works out. <clears throat> but um, but so that's all for Dragon Age. Um, but as James correctly identified earlier in the podcast, I am also the age system developer. And I will say that I will be meeting with some folks in December to discuss our one of our age-related non-Dragon Age big projects that's going to be developed in the next year. Uh, and we'll uh, and we won't be bringing that like to the light for folks until we have a lot more to talk about. Uh, we are going to be, uh, you know, presenting that in a much more polished format than you know. But but it was pitched at the pitched at the summit. It was discussed at the summit. It was accepted to be put on the schedule, and so it is going to happen. And uh, <clears throat> and then on top of that, there's also the the, pro- the project that I discussed earlier that Chris Pramus is going to be sort of the head on. So, you know, in it, so people who really love the age system, you know, people love Dragon Age, you've got a lot of content coming uh, to be focused mostly on Inquisition and, you know, fix and shoring up some things in the past that we, we really wanted to cover and haven't yet. Uh, for those of you who really love the age system, uh, you're going to definitely get some new stuff in 2015. And uh, you're going to get some stuff that is pretty exciting to me um, and I think sounds fantastic and also is not something that's out there in the market uh, right now that you can just go pick up otherwise uh, they're, they're definitely new new things and uh, <clears throat> and I will tell everybody before they start wondering no it's not Mass Effect I'm sorry um, I get that question all the time and we would love to do a Mass Effect RPG it's like one of the but uh, but it is not actually Mass Effect so because I know as soon as I say that and, I, and this podcast goes live someone will email me and go is it Mass Effect and I'll be like eh, man it's not Mass Effect and it's one of my favorite games ever so I would love to do a Mass Effect game but but the, but but the big secret project I'm working on is not that. <laughs> Just, <laughs> because people, I'm not kidding, people will totally ask me. Like, as soon as I say, new secret project, we're using the age system, and everyone will be like, Mass Effect? I'm like, it's not actually Mass Effect. I understand why you would think that, and that would be amazing. 
And I would totally do that, but that's not what it is. Um, but so, yeah, so, so, but for that's sort of my, you know, teaser thing. And as we get closer to that, I will totally come back and talk about it or talk about it elsewhere as well. Uh, it's just that right now we're, you know, we, we don't want to promise anything that we can't absolutely deliver on. And we also, um, in the case of this one project that I've got rolling, because of other things that we're getting done, we're not even going to be able to realistically start working on it until December. And so I don't want to talk about something that we haven't even started on yet other than, right. you know, me and me and a few other folks sitting down and, you know, putting out a list of notes and here's, you know, things on the, we should totally talk about these things when we're both not buried in other work. Uh, when is that? When's good for you? December. Great. That's when we're doing that. Um, so, so yeah, so that's basically it for age for now. Um, I, uh, I'm excited, um, about, you know, I'm excited about everything that's coming out. I'm excited about the Dragon Age stuff. I'm particularly with Inquisition coming out. I am really excited about this new, this new age project I'm working on. And I would love to just blah, blah, blah about it, but I can't right now. But when I, but, but when I, when it's out, I, or when we're getting closer, I will totally be back to do that because it's something I, it's actually, I've been wanting to do for a while. So, which I guess is a hint to people who know me. Everybody else may not be able to know, but I think, but if you know me and it's like, what has Jack always talked about wanting to do? Okay. Well, there's a list of about 10 things. Um, and so you're, you know, it, it, it's and not, one of those 10 things for and one of those 10 things is actually so, Tinsia. Yes. yes. <laughs> for a clumsy, uh, segue there. That was, that, was, that was a pretty good segue. That was a pretty good segue. Uh, yeah. So Tinsia, Tinsia, so, uh, um, Let's see. I think I think beyond the uh, the the Dragon Age, you know, the stuff we can't talk about. Uh, I did have one question, sure. and this is something that uh, I didn't know if, if Chris Pramus would even be interested in doing. Mm-hmm. But um, is there any thought of taking drag, uh, just taking the age system and presenting some sort of age system, uh, like I don't want to call it a system resource document, but like a uh, uh, a generic version of the game that that's, oh, or is that or is that not uh, so that is well, well yes and no and I pro- I can't talk about this too much because oh, I, okay. I think we're doing but I will say that um, it was discussed it's been discussed before and and this is and and everybody keep in mind who's listening to this this is my take on the conversation so it may not be one hundred percent perfect but um, it, it was sort of agreed upon that age would not become a generic system in the sense that you would not have one age book for all like sci-fi and fantasy and superheroes and horror and whatever. However, it was also discussed that in a more targeted sense of generic, um, that age might actually be something that we would be looking at doing and would be, um, that might be something that you could sort of see come out. And um, I know Chris will have some announcements on that coming up so i don't want to sort of step on his toes and, and spoil okay, it so we don't have any any specific news no. about that but. Uh, but, I, but i will i will say to people who are expecting like a, a you know an age book and you know that's going to come out that's going to let them run everything from horror to fantasy to sci-fi to superheroes um like that that probably is not something you're going to be seeing anytime soon and i wouldn't hold your breath um if what you're hoping for is I would really like to have the age system sort of, you know, as much, you know, removed from Dragon Age and, you know, some of the things that are very particular to Dragon Age, um, you know, like their magic system, be sort of retooled to be more multi-purpose and a wide, have a wider basis. 
that's a different story. And you might be very, very happy with what we've got coming up. Um, and so that's going to be sort of where we're at right now is that, you know, that's going to be, uh, that was why there was sort of the discussion of like, I mean, I'm all, I've kind of over the years gotten very sort of mm, about the term generic, um, because one, I think it's got some negative connotations with some people, but I also, I think that, um, I kind of fall in this weird middle ground with game designers where I don't actually think that, um, you know, I know some people who are like, ah, whatever rules are rules. We can use rules for anything. Um, and I know some people, will say, no, the rules have to be perfectly tailored to, to the game, and you know, if you want a new rules, new game, new game, you just do new rules. Um, I kind of fall in that sort of fate category, where um, fate is actually not good for certain things. And I think, you know, and this is not a, you know, this is not me being, crashing on it. Um, it is actually like me saying things that I have had discussions with, including people who work on fate, saying fate's not good for certain things. You know, it's just a certain game. It, it's a particular play style. It's a particular feel. Um, age is that too. Age is a particular feel. It is, has a sort of a uh, an old school roots, but with a, a more modern sensibilities of design with regards to speed of play and a little bit, you know, some some ideas of of player uh, participation versus GM participation uh, participation and such. And so, as a result, um, you're getting more a little more of a of a a more hybrid game, and I and that's what my that's sort of my my favorite things. And so with age, with the idea of like an age, you know, yeah. So I wouldn't hold my breath for like an age SRD, but if you're looking at things like, oh, would there be an age, you know, game that I could use to run a bunch of different things in this one genre? Yeah, you probably you're, you're gonna. Th- those are things we're exploring, and we haven't like put anything out in the schedule and announced it yet. But it's definitely something we've been talking about. And I am on record elsewhere of saying I would love to do a sci-fi age game at some point and i would love to do like some other versions of, of age um but i also i'm you know kind of on record as saying you know we'd have to rework age to do sci-fi it, it, it would be different on some on some levels uh the, the core mechanics don't necessarily need to change but character creation and, and some of the presentation and stunts and some of the ways we handle certain things would have to all change and then of course that becomes a big question which i know james and i have had this discussion and recently about fate which is how much can you change before it's no longer that system and that's going to be really the big question is you know how how you know and what we i think have discovered is that we've kind of identified a core of what we want for age but we've also noticed that there's enough things that we're going to want to change to make it really fit appropriately into whatever we do maybe you know having a a standard srd document or whatever is probably not the way to go at least not right now uh, that doesn't mean that you know we won't have a, a rule book that people can use, and it doesn't mean we won't necessarily have things that you know even potentially other people could you know have you know explore using. But that's like totally not my department. So that's but and, and again you know it ain't going to be next month. Uh, but you know we'll, you'll definitely have more information in the new year. I know if he hasn't announced it, hasn't talked about stuff by then. Usually at the beginning of the year, Chris Premus does a New Year's uh, uh, update on the website, and he talks about. Here's the crazy things we've got coming out in 2015, and I'm sure if even if he doesn't want to, you know, outline everything, he'll be, you know, he'll be talking about it a little bit. So, okay. um, but yeah, so that's kind of where we're at with age. I know it's kind of a long, you know, un- vaguely unsatisfying answer, but it's kind of a long process, and it's it's it isn't a yes or no thing. You know, it's not like I can't say no, but I also can't say totally. You're gonna be able to pick it up in you know May, and it'll be everything you wanted. It's definitely more of a eh, you'll. Well, you may get what you want. You may want depending depending on what you want out of the answer to that question. You may be very happy, but I don't know. So, 
Anyway. Cool, cool. Uh, so anyway, so moving on back to Tianxia, though. So, All right, so um, Tianxia, um, this, is, this is a little bit more of, like, my department, because I've been kind yes. of fielding what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, Jack's been doing a lot of the work, so I'll, I'll let you talk about some of the specifics, you know, briefly, but um, just to kind of fill people in. Um, things that have been out for playtest, we've had the... Um, the uh, the, the character life path generator is out there mm -hmm. um, and we've pretty much collated I think all the feedback we're going to get for that and the accelerated so. addendum as well so we should be able to put a final version of those together fairly soon I'm hoping to do that um, depending on Nathan's schedule uh, right uh, basically I'm hoping to get that kind of out there to people by November-ish, but um, it really depends on uh, Nathan's schedule. I know his schedule is supposed to open up sometime in November, yeah. but we've got a bunch of other stuff to kind of throw at him as well. Yeah. For, but, those, for, um, those that don't, for those that don't know, Nathan, Nathan Collar is our, is our editor and one of our contributors who is a invaluable member of our team who recently had another baby. So, um, yeah. and, and, and among other among other things that have taken up his, his valuable time. So, uh, yeah. but, uh, but that's going to, but things have started to calm down a bit. So that's yep. the hope anyway. So um, we've got uh, that lined up. We've also got um, the uh, in the in the the final stages of, of editing. Uh, Jack has has taken the edits and some development notes uh, from Lillian Cohen Moore, um, uh, who uh, was has been working with him on the Twelve Golden Butchers adventure, and. Um, I imagine that it won't be long before he turns in the final draft of that. And, no, I, just, uh, I just need to, I need to implement some changes and, and do some things. I just need to yeah. carve out some time because the summit and everything obviously ate into that right, a little bit. Right, right. So uh, they, um, that text, I'm going to put that text together and release that to our playtesters um, mm -hmm. about the same time that you know we, we get it out to a layout person and the layout person right. is then going to put it down in, in the nice pretty format that you're used to and we'll get the art orders based on right. you know how much how many how much art we need and and where we need it and then uh we'll we'll get that into production but um we're gonna get it out to play testers so there'll be some time for people to kind of look over and if there are any kind of suggestions they want right. to make um typos are, are fine if you if you spot those but those won't be as crucial until we get like the pdf together right um because most most of those will get found by uh somebody you know, along I mean, the line. yeah you know i mean it never hurts to have that you know extra thousand pairs of eyes on it though. <laughs> um, it, it never it, it, it definitely does. <laughs> definitely, it's definitely a good thing um, let's see. We've also got the. Uh, we're on the final stretch of getting in the last of the uh, first drafts of, of stories, short yeah. stories for the uh, Tin Shot anthology. Now, originally that anthology we had scheduled a very uh, a deadline earlier in the year, but um, you know I made the decision during the Kickstarter to extend the deadline to all of our writers. Yes. Um, to so that we could bring on board a couple of, of people that we were very excited to work with who Definitely. heard about us through the Kickstarter and, and wanted to participate. So, you know, we, we they haven't they're not late. Um, right. no nobody's late on their, their submissions yet. Um in fact, actually several I mean we have most of them. Yes. Um, it, it, I think it, we're down it, to the last two 
we've done the last two, and then and I then think. mine, and then mine as well. So yeah. three, but yes, and, and that was and that and mine's been sort of a a mix of working on other things, and also I and this is my I guess this is my developer hat. I kind of have been waiting to really polish and finish everything before I can see all the stories and see if there. I just want to make sure that I don't feel like there's anything personally missing. Um, you know, it's, if also, if it's also kind of nice to have the opportunity to be the last guy, so you've seen all the other people yeah. do their story, and you kind of go, "Okay, well, they, nobody's covered this yet." Exactly, and that's and that's the thing, <laughs> and, and, and you know, that's not the and that's not the responsibility, of course, of any of the individual writers who we hired to have, you know, these one tell us these wonderful stories. And thus far, you know, the ones I've seen are really great. Um, but you know that doesn't. But you know doesn't mean that there isn't a you know a genre convention or an idea or a concept that I that I you know maybe I really thought was going to be you know, either I thought was going to be in there. I maybe I didn't even realize it until afterwards. And I'm like, oh man, this is amazing. You know why why don't but but we're missing this, and then I can sort of cover that. So that's been kind of one of the reasons or I'm even, holding back. Or even something that kind of you know fleshes out a mood or a theme that hasn't Definitely. been hit. You know, just it can be something as simple as that. Because um, when you do a an anthology, you you do want to kind of have, uh, it's it's like getting, uh, it's like getting an album together. You yeah. kind of want a song for different moods, and and you want to put it together in a, in a way that there's some sort of, not necessarily a narrative thread, but you know some sort of coherence to the whole project. It definitely, when you, especially when you're working in something that is a shared world. You know, I mean, not, not in the traditional shared world sense, the way wild cards are going to mean, but but at least in the idea that like we're we're having everybody tell stories in these in this world. Yeah. And you know, there is definitely going to be a point where you're going to look at it and go, I kind of feel like we're we haven't told a story over here yet. Mm-hmm. And while every single part of the world doesn't need to be covered in one anthology, it, it is definitely you know there 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 might be something missing. Um, you know, for just to throw out an example, and I don't think this is going to be a problem actually based on the stories, so I can use this as an example freely without worrying about it being an issue. Um, you know, there's a possibility that we would have gotten a lot of very classical Wuja stories, and no, and none that really had sort of a more sort of you know old school kung fu feel. You know, that would have more of a Shaw Brothers kind of style, you know, uh, old school kung fu. And so everything was very, everything could have been very Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Hero, etc. And not so much, you know, uh, you know, uh, 36 Chambers of Shaolin, for example. And that would have been fine as an anthology, but um, it would have been, but we would have wanted some more of that in there. You know, we would have wanted to, and, and, and I will say, and again, I can use that as an example because I can actually point to, um, stories that we've gotten already that that show that that's not going to happen in this case. Uh, Aaron, Rose, Aaron Rosenberg. We, we don't uh, we don't want to spoil anything just yet. I won't. Yeah, I won't spoil anything about why, but I will say that like a couple of the stories were like, oh yeah, it's totally. That's very that's very sort of eighties Wuja, you know, Shaw Brothers kung fu. Mm-hmm. That's very that's very modern Wuja in a very cool way. You know, that's very that's actually very sort of you know. Um, comic book style you know that's very literary and it's been really great to see that because it's been it also is heartening to me because it lets me know that everybody really cares about this genre and also cares about these stories and it's actually um just fantastic to watch and and everything from sort of a little bit of comedy to stuff that's a little more mythic or you know has more of a a fairy tale feel to it the things that are very sort of you know gritty is not the word i would use but i mean very very grounded and sort of character driven um 
and it's just been it's been great to see all the different stories and also see them all at the same time still still fit together so far in a very pleasant way so yeah um so that's so that's that's where we are with the the short stories the anthology um will be uh coming out sometime next year instead of this year as a result um so i i don't have a date on that yet for anybody yet because um we're kind of lining up everything as people become available to work i will also say we that you totally want to wait for the for for the people who are who, who need a little extra time and uh, i i will and, and i will say that they totally have great reasons for needing it too <laughs> um it's not one of those where it's like oh, i'm just I've, i haven't been i've just been tired nope nope this is uh the, the the reasons are very like oh so you're doing something else amazing that had to be done on this schedule got it that's yeah. cool um but anyway there's um uh, let's see. As far as the the source books for the settings, um, Ryan Macklin has uh, been sharing his initial uh, plans for the magic system, and yep. and uh, you know his initial scribblings are basically getting the core concepts of what's going into the magic rules and what's you know kind of outlining what part of the setting needs to be, you know, mechanical in terms of the magic. So we're kind of, we're kind of in those early stages of design work, but um, I'm already really excited just because I can kind of hear the, the voice of the document starting to come out. Yes. Um, yes. And uh, you know, some, some of his turns of phrase, uh, you can already see the personality of the, of the, the document starting to come through. Right. Um, so that's early days. The, um, it's at the it's the northern book that uh, we need Mike Olson's mass combat yep. rules for. The more the northern the northern book is done except for the mass combat. Right. That's it. Um, um, so once once we get um once we manage to tear Mike Olson away from his uh, evil hat duties, yes. Um, uh, we'll be able to get that that turned in. Um, the southern book, uh, you said you were about ninety percent done. Uh, let's call it 85, but yeah, um, <laughs> well, it, and okay. And the reason for that, and it's, I'm going to sort of, I'm, let me explain what I mean by that too, because it, I, it the same thing happened on the Northern book as well. Um, I had content that I was working on and I really, really liked it. And then I got back to it. And when I was looking at it, I was like, you know what? There just doesn't actually need to be linked to a location, but it's really cool. So I pulled it out to use later. Um, but then I had to, put it put it back put something else back in its place if that makes sense mm-hmm. so for example you know i might have like a just to give you know give an example how this would work i might have a faction or a group um like wow this group's really cool i really like these guys these have a lot of potential for adventure for gms this would be a cool organization to be tied to um it really definitely adds something to the setting and then i'm writing and i'm like you know what these guys are awesome but they don't actually like need to be in the north they don't need to be in the south um they could be in fact they might be more useful as a place where GMs could put them wherever they needed to be put. Um, and that so sort of... I don't want to actually yeah. say anything like an announcement right now, but right. you can kind of take that as a coming attraction right yeah. there. Like I don't... Yeah, teaser. exactly. I, I'm from the Midwest. We don't waste food. so <laughs> And so this is basically the same sort of thing of like, you know, I, I, I didn't take a look at something that I really was excited about and said, you know, I didn't axe it and throw it away. Um, but I did say, you know, 
maybe it's better to talk more about like the indigenous tribes in the south here or maybe it's better to talk about the uh, the trade routes in the north here you know or the outlaws or the you know more and maybe in an effort to keep this book from ballooning into this you know huge you know beyond the ability to realistically produce and control so let's actually uh, just really quick cover what is going into Sure. You know, instead of what's pulling being pulled out, um, <laughs> everything what you is want going been pulled into, out. No, like like the uh, different the different uh, books. I mean, the northern book we're going to have the mass combat rules. Yep. We wanted a little bit of kind of crunch to go with each of the books. So the southern book you're going to add was it the leopard style martial leopard art? Style. Leopard style is going in the my current and, plan. My current plan is that leopard goes into south and then we have not announced but if we end up doing a eastern book i would like to put mantis in there too because that's a big i really want a mantis kung fu in there that's just and again it's a mm-hmm. personal thing like i want that so that's what I want. <laughs> so every 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 book is uh every every one of the pdfs is also going to have a sample player character yes and so you're going to get a couple more um we have i love i love our sample player characters yes. and i'm also very very excited to, to hear when people run tian shot games and stuff that they play our sample characters mm-hmm. and enjoy them that actually makes me very happy because i i actually didn't when i was younger i don't think i really kind of didn't see the use of these sort of iconic player characters as much as i think i do now and um like even if you never ever use them yourself they they sort of show what you can do and i think mm-hmm. that that's really great um, so it's just fun to hear people like, oh, I played Smiling Ox, yay! Yes. Yeah, um, I mean, um, yeah, I just was reading uh, uh, Sophie's rundown of the game she ran. That was fantastic. Game that she ran at uh, Big Bad Con, and um, uh, I linked that on uh, Facebook, but I've got to post it up on uh, on uh, the Vigilance Press website. If, if, so, people, um, if people want to take a look at it, it is not only really like just you know from a personal standpoint i think it's really awesome but it also i thought was a really great example of how to take an adventure seed in the book and really customize it and make it your own mm-hmm. um and that was one of the things i was so impressed with is that she said oh i took this part and i really like this but I, then i started thinking and i'm like maybe there needs to be a festival that's going on in the town and i'm like okay this is great this is exactly what i wanted you know those those adventure seeds to do is to not lay out a whole adventure for you but to sort of let you run with it as a gm and players and i think as fate i think fate is actually a really good system for that mm-hmm. i think it makes it a lot easier in many cases to do that so 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 we've got um a, a the lion's share of the manuscript done for two of those source books. Yep. Um, the southern one should be done very shortly. Yep. Um, and uh, that one will probably will probably be uh, once once the manuscript is done. I'm probably going to pull the uh, the leopard style martial art yep. and send that out to our play testers so they can get a, a first taste on that and um oh and uh, feedback for folks who are curious about that just so you know because i'm sure this is something people will wonder about mm-hmm. um the leopard style includes the secret techniques from all the possible combinations that it could have so if you're wondering oh it's just a leopard style it's like it actually is going to include so you know it will include storm leopard and stone leopard and you know ghost et cetera, leopard, et cetera, ghost and leopard and et cetera, as iron leopard as um as the, the secret techniques. So, you know, for those of you who are, who are grabbing it and looking at it, it's not a matter of just like, oh, it's a sub style, but then I got to do all this extra work. 
we actually are going to have those techniques um, for you. And that's going to um, that's going to continue for any other styles we may release in the future, which also I think people can realistically understand is going to limit the number of official styles that are going to be done. Yeah. Um, it's just going to practically <laughs> have to because, you know, if we ever get, you know, if we get to eight and eight, that's you know, on each side of element and body, that's 64 Kung Fu cells. You know, I mean, right there. And we've already got 36. And uh, with this, you know, we'll have 42 and et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's not a simple matter of we added one. You could add 10 more, right? It's like, no. <laughs> it's like, you know, I mean, it, it literally would be, I think I calculated the one point or somebody helped me calculate the, uh, what, what, a, what a martial arts, what a book with uh, like 10 and 10 styles would be. And it, of course, would have 100 styles. But we also talked about like how big that would be. Mm-hmm. And the size of it is just, it's a tome and a half. I mean, you, I don't remember... You'd, you'd wind up with something like uh, like the old uh, spell law books from oh, God, yeah. Iron Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it would be something along I think it would lines. actually, you know, when you get to a certain saturation level, mm-hmm. um, you actually distract from the purpose of the book. And I, so. I, I think another thing that we will be seeing, and you will see this in the Northern, the northern book, you'll see it in the Northern book, is I will be presenting a grandmaster, and I will be showing how he has his own style. And so for folks who are like, but I want more martial arts, it's like we will show how to use a combination of lost techniques and grand mastery to make your own styles as well. And those won't come up with like you know that sort of infinite number of that well that infinite but that large number of combinations because it will be something that you you know have to learn from that guy or from somebody who's learned from him. Um, so while of course, so so again, at the same time, while we are going to top out the official sort of element and body substyle kung fu, there will be other elements, and and the northern book will give an example because uh, Grandma, uh, Master Faultless Wu will be included, who folks may remember from him discussing the uh, Zhang Hu ranks and the uh, in a very crotchety old sort of sifu way, um, and he will um, he will be uh, he is the master of the Three Mountain School, which um, is basically a a, a Somewhat inspired by the Wudan Temple school, so um, and that's going to be uh, he's going to be in there um, and ditto, you know. Because in addition to having like more antagonists and stuff, I did want to include some, you know, we do want to include some some good guys too, you know, in the, in our in our setting for people to interact with and and sort of you know and, and again, uh, good guy is relative, um, you know, if it's it, it, it's possible that maybe he's not, maybe, maybe these characters are can always be used as bad guys or villains if necessary. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's that's going to happen too. So we're going to have that, you know. So we will have more lost techniques and other things as well. Um, of course, obviously, the various stat blocks will include new stunts and things of that nature. Uh, in addition to, of course, just being useful as characters on their own. So, um, and for people who aren't tired of my fiction, I've got uh, little fiction bits in uh, each one of the chapters to sort of introduce characters and sort of give a set a tone and uh, sort of show some things. So. That's, that's, I mean, basically, if you've looked at the, the main Tian Sha book, you're going to see the, you know, in a much smaller scale, that is basically what you're getting in the various province books. You're getting mechanical elements, a sample PC, you know, but instead of six, you're getting one. Instead of all the martial arts styles, you're getting one style or mass combat or what have you. Uh, adventure seeds and ideas for using it, uh, you know, a minor thing on a few extra inspirations that might be particularly appropriate. And then at the beginning, of course, you're getting the provinces and the characters and how they all interrelate. So um, it is it is very much a sort of like, it, it, it's going to be a, uh, a format that's going to be very familiar to folks that look at Tian Sha. They're not going to be like, what did you do? It should be pretty natural. Mm-hmm. So. 
Yeah, it is kind of interesting going forward and talking, you know, out some of the decisions we made in the book. Um, there will be some slight tweaking to how we present the text. Um, nothing mm. that, uh, if 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 we didn't tell you, I think about thirty <laughs> percent of you probably wouldn't wouldn't pick up on it. But I I think um, that's probably right. Uh, for those of you who are, you know, keeping score, um, we put in the because uh, Jack really wanted to kind of keep the the flavor of of the Chinese writing as much as possible, and and you know, kind of bring the the uh, you know as as much of the authenticity as possible, but. <laughs> Um, Ryan Macklin had a very good point when it we was were looking at uh, diacritical marks, and those are the sort of accent marks um, over, over most of the words. Most Americans are not even going to understand what they mean because they don't mean what we're used to in terms of like right. Western or European languages, and there's a lot of marks in there that European languages don't generally have. Um, and the way they change the sound of, of a word is is usually subtle enough. It doesn't change the meaning of the word to the point where it yeah. means one thing with them and one thing without them. So we we don't really need them in there. And Brian just came up with a very simple kind of mm. Occam's razor response to was, should we keep them yeah. in there? And it and it's like, well. For the people who want the digital books, it makes it a lot easier to type in a search term without the diacritical marks. And I'm like, you're right. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was sort of like a hammer on the whole thought. I was like, oh yeah. wow, I had I, I hadn't thought of that, and it was so <laughs> right. So that's totally a thing that we should keep in mind because yeah. we obviously want people to be able to search for their so, their you know their PDFs for things and such. So where where possible, we might try you know if like if there's a large number of locations or or you know proper nouns that we <laughs> want to showcase, we might put a sidebar or something in one of the documents but it would probably be be one of the documents towards the end of the line right where we've we've got we've gotten basically all the all the nouns we're gonna what are gonna be putting into the setting and we can make one big list and and just kind of present those with the diacritical marks or it may be something we do as like a google document or something right. that we put up on the website so that people can just go to it and check it out and reference it when they want to but yeah it, it was it was a night it, I, I was like, it was a good idea i'm actually glad we did it and but then when it was pointed out to me sort of like how and it's also hard to put those marks on like titles and other things and as a result it became it definitely became a situation where it's like oh people can't search for it that's something i hadn't really thought of and that was and and, and not only and honestly not even only searching necessarily on uh the pdf but also on the web if somebody was talking about mm -hmm. you know somebody was talking about tian Sha and they wanted to know um Oh, is this book? What? What? You know, what? What provinces are detailed in this book? And they put in the name of what they thought was the name of the province. Well, it's like, well, yeah, but if we have the marks, that is technically different. And yes. it may. And now, now, you know, most search engines are fairly, you know, smart enough to probably catch it, but you know, they might not. And so we just kind of wanted to really make that more utilitarian for a wider group. Um, but, but like James said, we might, you know, bring in something for pronunciation and such, but we'll see. Uh, yeah. But for the most part, we're we're going to be, you know, we. Uh, Everything in Tinsha is going to be familiar to you guys from the book because um, Daniel did such a beautiful job. We don't, oh, oh, yes. we don't, we don't see any purpose in changing his layouts. We're going to have oh. some other 
layout people stepping in to work on some of the different projects because Daniel's one guy and we have a whole bunch of projects and he has a whole bunch of projects. Yeah. So we'll grab him when we can, but we're not going to okay. have like, you know, we're, we're not going to be going to him for every one of the projects. So you'll probably see Nathan's name on a bunch of them. Um, and Daniel actually gave me a bunch of really good references. So we're going to, we're going to talk to some of the folks that, that he, I'm, I'm pretty excited about all the folks that he's mentioned. I I think that they're particularly a couple of them that I'm actually, I've seen their work and I've been really, really impressed with their, with the layout that they've done. So it is definitely, I'm definitely thinking it's going to be a very, uh, yeah. And, And again, like it might be one of those things where, because Daniel did such a wonderful job starting the whole thing out and creating this sort of wonderful template and sort of model to use, people may not even necessarily notice. You know, they mm-hmm. might go, oh, this book looks, oh, that's, wow. Hey, laid out by a different guy. Hey, I didn't even know. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, because he just did such a wonderful sort of, his, his sort of creative on, content. On, on the plus side, we will have Denise uh, for all the artwork so far. Um, the one book that we're considering getting a different artist purely for aesthetic reasons is the magic book. Um, the idea being that, and this is something we haven't, put the final decision and I'll make that decision when we get the final document and we read it and kind of see where the voice is. But, um, you know, since the, there's a bit of a, a mysterious quality to to magic in general, and there's a lot of cool monsters in there. We thought it might be cool to change up with a different artist. So it'll probably be an artist that vigilance press fans are familiar with because, You know, I, I stick. I, I, I like I to, to stick with people who yeah. deliver what I ask for, and they mm. do it on time, and they do it really well. So, why change it? So, I mean, I've it would it, it would likely be either Denise or Alex on on that project, but um, maybe a mix of the two. But yeah. there might be some other artists filtering in. Um, but uh, I don't want to. I don't want to put any names on that until we actually no, get, get yeah. some art orders coming in from the, the PDF guy. Yeah. And, and, and again, and, and again, like whoever, whoever ends up doing it, it's going to look amazing because mm-hmm. all the folks that we work with, all the artists we work with are just so incredibly talented and they do such a wonderful, um, such a wonderful thing. So they're just, they're, they're, they're so just, you know, I, I, I can't I'm such an up, art nerd. I won't stand for anything. Yeah. <laughs> And I can't say enough things, enough nice things about uh, about Denise and Alex and work in particular, but also just everybody we've we've seen. So uh, even folks who you know we don't really so much see anymore, um, you know, who who have kind of come and done a, a piece or two have been, you know, they've always all, all the work is always high quality, uh, mm-hmm. which is always great. But uh, yeah, so um, yeah, so that's basically where we're at with that. Um, so um, aside from those uh, PDFs. Um, we also have the uh, the deck of cards, um, yes. and we are, I want to say, about 80% on the artwork with that. The reason we're going so slow with those is that we're actually, and this is this is something that um, eagle-eyed, you know, people will, will notice when they start comparing. We're pulling characters out of the books um, mm-hmm. as we write them so that, like, like we're not giving Denise a generic here draw us a cranky old man yes, yes. for for this particular virtue. We're 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 going for very specific characters so they'll flesh out the setting 
at the same time as they're they're explaining the virtue that's going to be on the uh, on the on the fate arcanum. So, for mm-hmm. those of you who don't know what the heck I'm talking about, if you didn't uh, back the Kickstarter, we will be putting out a, a licensed set of fate deck cards that 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 will slide right into your deck of fate if you if you want to use them. Um, you can either add them or replace the existing arcanum with the, with our cards. The idea being that uh, we're going to license the back of the the cards from Evil Hat, so that they will you can shuffle them right into the Fate deck, and um, you know we're we're going to get Daniel's going to do the layout on those because he did the layout on the original deck, so he has the template and it's just like you know once he gets the artwork, I imagine it'll take him all of like an hour and a half to get it done. Yeah. Um. But. Uh, we're 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 going slow in the artwork because we want to pick the right characters from each of the books and we don't want to get the cart too far ahead of the horse there. So mm-hmm. um, those those uh, those things are coming, but they'll they'll just take a little. Yeah, I think we're time. I think we're pretty darn close. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty darn close to having those done. And I and I but but as as James said, it's like you know it wasn't just a matter of wanting to do, um, you know, just like, oh, well, let's just have a bunch of guys kung fu fighting, you know, in here. It was definitely a matter of like, oh, well, we, we, need, a, we need a character that represents this. And it's like, mm-hmm. in some cases, it was even like, oh, who represents that? It's like, well, I, I'm writing a guy right now who represents that. Maybe we, mm-hmm. should, maybe we should use them. Um, and that was actually, you know, kind of cool. So, uh, yeah, so everybody who I, showed- I have to say that, you know, there's some, uh, I've seen some of the sketches and some of the mm-hmm. early work, uh, and then, of course, some of the, the finished pieces that we haven't released yet, but um, we'll, we'll, we'll post some of those when we get closer to release on that. But uh, um, there's, Denise has done some really cool... Uh, uh, illustrations for the cards and yes. they're, they're, they're some you know there's some art you'll 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 be familiar with but there's some brand new art and there's some stuff that that uh, that I think is is really cool there's some characters that are really cool um, I really like the uh, the uh, the the pirate queen from the sun. I do really like I like uh, yeah yeah Tianfei who I actually have now a name for uh, who I didn't at the time I had everything about this character except her name um, and now she ended, up, she ended up with two names which is hilarious um, because she has her her um, her Shen Zhao name her, her sort of Chinese inspired name but since she's a mixed ancestry uh, she also has a um, uh, a name based off of the um, basically taken from the culture that I sort of used as inspiration for her her father's culture which is the uh filipino indianized nation of tonga uh tondo which was a basically a a long story short was basically a filipino sort of tribal sort of nation in the uh in the uh the 11th like the 9th through 12th centuries or so i might be mixing mixing the time up a little bit um and basically i wanted to have a character who was a little more a little, a little more. I mean, we, we obviously within the certain limits of the setting, uh, you know, the racial diversity is, is tricky because I can talk all, and I do in the Southern book, about the various tribes and ethnicities, but a lot of people aren't going to see, particularly in the style of artwork that we have, are not going to see a vast difference between those characters. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not, you're not going to see a vast difference between, oh, you know, draw me a member of one of the Bi-Tribes and then drive me a one of, one of the Manchus. It's like, you will 
and 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 also with with the movies and such, you know, that we see coming out of China and and to lesser extent Hollywood, um, you know, they don't go and cast only actors from those ethnic groups. So even people who are you know watching a lot of these a lot of the source material aren't going to look at it and go, oh, well, this guy looks like this. It's like you, style of dress and hairstyles and stuff might be, but you're not necessarily going to look at it and go, well, this guy's clearly a member of this group. And as a result, I, you know, without trying to be, you know, disrespectful or anything, I, and I, I wanted to sort of, I wanted to add, add some ethnic diversity. And I really started to kind of really glom onto the idea of having this, and, and, and James and I discussed it, about having this fairly dark-skinned uh, young lady who was our, one of our new sample characters. And how she was, you know, very much had sort of a more Filipino um, sort of, you know, sort of style of appearance in some ways, but was still obviously at least partially sort of, of Chinese, sort of Han-ish mm-hmm. Chinese descent. And I'm actually really happy with how she came out. And I actually am excited to see people's reaction to her. She's actually a, a fun, she's a fun character. Um, she's a pirate because he doesn't love pirates. And uh, maybe ninjas. Ninjas don't love pirates, but we don't have got the Lin Kuei. But we haven't got the Lin Kuei. We haven't got the Lin Kuei yet, 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 though. So we get to them. Um, but uh, and then, of course, in the northern book, we're getting Slumbering Hound, who we previewed during the Kickstarter, who's our our our, our, our beleaguered old man and the little baby that he carries that he's protecting. Um, mm-hmm. So um, and and, I, and there is actually a uh, there is a a short fiction bit um, in I think it's in the northern book, which briefly features. Uh, uh, son, uh, son, the uh, sister Chun Chao's monkey and the and the baby, little baby Kui, uh, just because I thought that that would be cute, and it still involves kung fu. It still involves kung fu and sword fights. It's just that from the perspective of the monkey and the baby, um, <laughs> which I thought would be kind of a fun sort of sort of thing to do. Um, and and also that's kind of just a you know, it, it's also from a mechanical design standpoint, it's kind of fun to do stuff like that and sort of say, well, how do I do a pet? You know, what if I, how do I do a pet? How do I do like having this infant around all the time? It's like, well, here, here's the mechanics on that. You know, it doesn't have to be its own character. Um, it can be, but it doesn't have to be. But right. uh, yeah, so, um, so no, I'm super excited about the, all the artwork I've seen. It's just been amazing. And, uh, you know, just as, as per usual, uh, Denise just does, you know, just reaches into my head and pulls out images I didn't even know were there and uh, then makes them better, which is always great. So it's always just wonderful to, to have that um, have that sort of you know ability with an artist to work on stuff. Um, so basically, that's the rundown on all the projects we have uh, funded from the Kickstarter. There are other projects that we want to do for Tensia, yeah. um, and sort of the 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 soft uh, outline of what we plan to do with that is to run a second Kickstarter. Probably, you know, we want to wait until we've fulfilled all of the the PDFs from this one, obviously. But uh, the goal is to run a second Kickstarter to do a second hardcover book that will collect all the PDFs from this set and give us the chance to finish up um, a couple more uh, setting books. Yeah. um, uh, And... uh, and, and a lot of other additional material that uh, we've talked about wanting to do um, in different shapes and forms. So there's, there's going to be more content coming from TNCI even after we fulfill right. everything from this Kickstarter. But we are a good chunk of the way on production. Um, for people listening that may not know how kind of the production works on... Um, when we launched our Kickstarter, we had a 90% done PDF 
Um, yes. We had, it was already laid out. It had most of the artwork done. Um, you know, we came out of the gate showing off what we had finished and that was actually uh, nearly a full year's worth of work after the or the manuscript had been written um so i mean uh, jack started on manuscripts uh very early last year it was actually um he started on it uh, like ten years ago, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that, very but, technically that was actually yeah. the case. But yeah, but so. uh, and you know he started the the manuscript proper for Tianxia Blood Silk and Jade, um, right around the you know I think I think the fate the fate Kickstarter fate core Kickstarter yeah. was just winding down. I was when, I was when we had made the decision. Oh, yeah. to, there to were run definitely with time, there were definitely times where they would change something in fate, and I would have to go back in and go crap and yeah. change my change yeah. my uh, my draft because they would you know put out a new like we've changed this about the rules and I'm like oh god so that would be <laughs> uh, so yeah that was I was very I very vividly remember that yeah um, so so we were kind of definitely so we were really chasing the uh, the dragon there but um, yeah. one of the one of the beautiful things about you know originally we wanted to have um you know a layout done earlier in the year but uh when we got daniel solis we kind of blocked out the time that we had him we realized that we wouldn't have him until kind of later last right. year which pushed the kickstarter start date to november when we did it which is a year ago now and um almost a year ago it was a it, pretty darn pretty darn close in, in yeah. November um, but what we did was um, uh, we went ahead and had Denise start doing the artwork so she was writing the she was doing the artwork alongside Jack doing the writing alongside yep. you know and then so we had a bunch of that work front loaded in um, when we wrapped the Kickstarter we got the book out um, that took us some, you know, the, the, the getting it into production, um, getting it printed and, you know, getting the approvals and all, all, you know, making sure that everything looked as good, uh, in the, the real world as it does on our monitors, um, took us some time this year. And now we're, you know, doing the same process that we did that took us mm. all year last year for the one book. And that's, you know, that's what we're doing with all of the the, the stretch goals. So, yeah. um, you know, for better or worse, we went into this with the idea that w the stretch goals would be new content that we wouldn't create unless there was a demand for it. Clearly, right. there's a demand. Right. Next next time, you know, for the Kickstarter, my goal is to kind of have everything written that might go into the Kickstarter right. ahead of time. So at least the manuscripts will be done ahead of time. And then anything production-wise can be, you know, decided upon based on stretch goals and whatnot. Um, right. So, but uh, it will be, you know, a shorter trip from from Kickstarter yeah. to finished products. Well, and we've even talked about like, and, and obviously, you know, we've even talked about discussing what to do even after that. Like once, because because the goal the goal of this next one would be to basically sort of round out the world, you know, and to basically get the setting material out there and get everything and the, the you know the, the the extra stuff in there to really give people a full thing, um, you know, and, and and also try to you know obviously don't want to shut the whole thing down and stop supporting it after that obviously. But uh, I, I think we're also, you know, we're not wanting to, you know, just be doing this forever. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, that's my thing. It's like I, I will, I will never, I will never be be sorry to work on this, and I will always enjoy it. But there's going to reach a point where I'm going to be like, you know, 
I, I also kind of feel like it maybe kind of cuts into like our design principles, or at least particularly the one where I was like, well, I want to leave this white space for you folks to fill in yourself, you know, and I want to give you material and tools, but I want you to take your Put, put your own stuff in there and I want you to you know develop and customize the setting and there reaches a point where if you put too much in it's like well I've, I've I'm just filling in white space that you should be filling in you know yeah. GMs and, and I think, I think uh, one of the nice things about the way we've we've left it open like that and and again this is something that you know down the ways we can always look at alternate right. versions alternate you know, it's like if 10 years from now people are still asking me for more books you know, right. or five years from now, or depending right. on where the demand goes, we can always look at doing additional editions of the book. Of course, of course, yeah. And 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 so forth. But uh, what I really love about you know Tinsia is that it it has what I feel is a, a really good balance of examples and and characters and things that illustrate the setting without completely crowding any new Ooh. ideas out. Right. It, it leaves that room for the for the GM and the players to really contribute something. You know, when you sit down, you get to decide what themes you want to tackle. You get to decide kind of what flavor of Wusia you want to you right. run. Right. Exactly. But um, also speaking of artwork, uh, we have not we we will be um, making formal announcements later this year, but. Um, people who may be interested in mutants and mastermind stuff. Yep. Um, we were talking last year, I believe, uh, about doing a Kickstarter uh, for a project that we called Rogues, Rivals, and Renegades. Um, a lot of that content has been created, both artwork and manuscripts. Yep. But um, due to various kind of pacing reasons and needing to needed to kind of pace out our, our production schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, we have kind of, and also looking at other Kickstarters and kind of trying to decide where we wanted to fit it into our production schedule. We decided mm-hmm. that um, Rogues, Rebels, and Renegades probably is not going to launch via Kickstarter. Yeah. Uh, it's We've got another plan for it, and we hope people will like it. Uh, there may be a Kickstarter further down the way, but... I do hope to have something concrete for people to see sooner rather than later, but Mm -hmm. um, uh, I don't want to give any dates on it just yet, but, um, you know, we are starting to roll some stuff out towards the end of the year here that people have been waiting for, and and, uh, uh, hopefully they'll enjoy it. And I think when they start seeing what we do with the Rogues, Rebels, and Renegades, because so many of these, the the you know, it's like when you're sitting here with a manuscript that you love, and then you've worked on for so long that you kind of forget that everybody else hasn't seen it. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I actually have I actually have a funny sort of very quick story about that. So, um, my friend, uh, my friend, a good friend of mine, Priscilla, who was actually sort of the sort of a basis for sort of the one of the one of the characters in in uh, Tiansha, uh sort of a weird it's a, that's a longer story which I won't get into um, but she was used but you you may see her her used as an example uh, player character and a character player in there in the, some of the examples um, she was doing a performance where she wanted to do a Krampus number um, and uh, like something based off the sort of German legend of the Krampus from you know I, Google it, folks, if you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I don't know what I'm talking about. K-R- and yeah, K R A M P U S. Yeah. 
And uh, she was trying to put together a costume based on stuff, and uh, I actually was like, uh, "Well, well I, I," she's like, I, "She's like, I just don't know what it would look to wear a costume like that." And I start, I said, "Well, <laughs> it's funny because our artist designed a costume for the our supervillain, the Krampus." Um, and I showed it to her, and she was like, "Oh my god, that's exactly what I want to do." So maybe not exactly, but basically, like some of the things that Alex incorporated into design, she actually, uh, you know, because the Krampus in for for Rogue Renegades is basically a holiday themed uh, mm-hmm. villain who 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 used to love and now well, actually he still loves Christmas. He just thinks everybody else doesn't love it, right? Um, so he's like a Christmas extremist who dresses up into Krampus and like basically like he he, he doesn't care if you've been naughty or nice because he knows you've been naughty. And everybody's been naughty, so everything has to be punished. <laughs> and so it's yeah. basically—he is, he is. People are going. That sounds like a really goofy Batman villain. That was entirely the point. Um, but I, it was I funny. I kind of think of him as a Spider-Man villain, but that's yeah. just me. Also, also Spider-Man. And it was, and it was funny to me because you know, it, but it's, it's exactly what James says. It's like I kind of was like, oh, there was that, and I think I just said it casually at dinner. It's like, well, you know, there was that drawing Alex did of the Krampus. And she goes, what are you talking about? I'm like, right, because everybody else hasn't seen that. Um, <laughs> and so that's, that's exactly what it was. It was just me going, oh, right, everybody else hasn't seen that. Well, hold on, let me let me show you so you're not just, like, staring at me going, what is? what are you talking about? Um, yeah. And actually, no, so I was, believe, I'm going to double check, but I believe the Krampus is actually up on um, the website. I think, if pretty sure check it is. I think it's like, it's, like colored, it's, like, colored and everything. I think it's, like, done and colored and everything, I think. Um, so if you go to uh, vigilancepress.com and you check out the gallery, there's Rogues, Rivals, and Renegades preview under the gallery list. Yeah. And um, click on through that, and you will find a bunch of the colored images. And there's the Krampus. Uh, the Krampus is not in color on the website yet. The color preview isn't up. Yeah. But um, the Cro-Magnum is up there. My uh, my, uh, cave, my caveman uh, I love, machine gun I love. fiend. I love Cro-Magnum. Um, I'm, actually a big fan. I'm actually a big fan of a lot of those characters, and, and I love that we have a mix of sort of goofy characters and actually more serious characters. Like, yeah. and Nathan uh, got still, some characters in there. And yeah, yeah. Well, I was like, and I was like, cause I was really. I mean, Mitra was a good example of a guy that I think was definitely more serious that I really liked. Um, he was actually interesting. That he's actually, man. I mean, he's he's definitely in that. I mean, kind of with what, what's going on in the world. I think he's definitely now more of a uh, a rival. Than he ever he was he was always designed to be a rival, but uh, now he's definitely a rival. Uh, for those who don't know, what I'm talking about Mitra was a is a um, Iranian sort of style Superman, and mm-hmm. he's very much and he's basically he's a Persian and he is a like you know flying super powered energy blast sort of character, very much a paragon. He happens to work for a government that we don't always agree with, you know, over here in America and most other Western nations, which is most of the player base for me to masterminds and 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 also thus for the Vigilance Press products. And he is a, a a very sensible guy who just not everybody – and he's you know, very politically moderate, but he loves his country and he loves his people and, you know, he's – et cetera. And it's interesting to see that when I wrote that character, I just really wanted to make a character who was not, you know, sort of the stereotypical Arab villain. And then to see what's going on in the world with ISIS and such over there and to see the – people over in that region those regions and those areas and countries like iran iraq and stuff saying these isis people we got to do something about them they're crazy you know they have to be stopped it's kind of interesting that i sort of you know 
by accident wrote the superhero, you know, that, that might be over there if somebody wanted to do a more real politics sort of meet to masterminds campaign. Mm-hmm. You know, a guy, a guy you might actually run into over there and it's like, you know, well, we've been sent to handle this terrorist threat. You know, well, this guy's here, too, and he has his own agenda. But you guys both like, you know, want to fight the terrorist. But maybe 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 you'll have that misunderstanding fight that's so popular in comics, you know, and maybe yeah. they'll. You know, and it was interesting to see that, and I and I think it was, you know, and that was actually, I think, also kind of what I like about this project is that, you know, the characters do function even when things change, you know? Like, cause I think we even at one point talked about, like, I think we briefly discussed, like, do we need to change anything with, like, Mitra, like, if things are happening with ISIS? And I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I actually think that, that actually, it's a weird way, it's actually more appropriate because he was always designed to be this sort of, her, you know, he's a hero. He'll say, he's, he's the guy that you're fighting and you're thinking he's this bad guy and then, like, there's collateral damage and he, like, stops in the middle of the fight to go save this innocent civilian and all of a sudden your, you know, your character goes, wait, did I start this fight? Am I the bad guy here? Like, he's that guy from sort of the comic stories. Um, whereas by combination, you know, somebody like the Krampus is, is just a nutball. And then there's like, uh, I think, Metacide, who's just a murdering jackoff, basically. So we have basically a, a good range of various characters. Um, definitely mo- definitely aiming more for the Bronze Age sort of style, though, as much as possible. Because um, of James and my mutual love of Bronze Age style stuff. So uh, probably because that's when we read comics mostly i mean we started reading comics i still read them to this day but obviously you know our our initial days were in that sort of that that period of of comic development so um a lot of what the classic storylines we're now seeing put on made into films are at least have their roots in that sort of genre so but uh cool cool so we do have some news coming from you know from and some masterminds fans yep. and and for icons fans we we do have some some yep. revisions going on one of the things that um icons fans may have noticed is that we kind of put the brakes on a bunch of products that uh we're going to be both mutants and masterminds and icons and we decided to kind of hold off it's because um I wanted to wait until after the assembled edition was out, right? Um, because it does streamline um, a lot of the mechanical stuff, and there's some new ideas in there. So we're gonna tackle uh, kind of rewriting some of the content for for certain things, and maybe trying to adapt some of the other projects. So if anybody's an Icons fan and they, you know, they see one of our Mutants and Masterminds projects that they'd like to see, or even no, an Icons project. That you like to see, feel free to chime in on Facebook or or comment on the um, on the Vigilance Press website, uh, not the Podbean website because the Podbean website doesn't like to tell me when people comment, mm. so I don't know when people come in. I don't yeah. get a message. Yeah. <laughs> or or you can if you want to go to the um, the Google Plus and look up the uh, Vigilance Press. Uh, community there, you can always join that and uh, and chat me up there. I'm I'm pretty, I try to be responsive there. But um, you know, in general, just let us know, and we will uh, we will definitely be listening and trying to trying to make some some cool stuff happen there. Right. But we we've got some plans. Um, nothing that I'm ready to announce just yet. But uh, I I'm gonna be keeping. Nathan and Jack and all our other writers really busy going forward. Yes, so. indeed. Um, but uh, that's about all the news that's fit to print. 
Yeah, um, I mean, there's there's stuff we've talked about, but all, it's all like it's all not in any sort of state where we would want to say talk about it or things that may not happen and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I'm kind of the same way with the Dragon Age stuff. Like I said, it's like it's either things that will be announced by other people or things where I'm like, I'd love to do X, but. Uh, I can't tell you when it's going to – it may not happen. So, And the last thing we want to do is tell people stuff that we don't end up doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. like to avoid that if at all possible. So. Yep. Um, uh, so that's 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 going to be it for tonight. Um, we've kind of run over the original you know, 20-minute runtime. It's usually um, – <laughs> you know, I'm used to it. Um, yeah, um, we we, we – I, I hope that my listeners by now have gotten used to the idea that they're tuning in for over an hour of us chatting. Yeah, particularly but, if I'm there. Uh, so it's a thing. Um, but um, until you know, until next time, we'll we're we're oh we're we're also going to try and put together a uh, a couple more uh, demo uh, actual play podcasts. Um, it's just this year putting the schedules together was prohibitively complicated and just didn't just hasn't worked out yet um i do want to do one for at least one session but maybe a uh, a couple of sessions of uh and then we want to do uh another mutants and masterminds campaign uh or or icons you know again shoot me an email let, let let me know which game you'd rather hear us play and uh, we'll see if we can't put something together for you. But um, as far as all that goes, um, the I, I don't have uh, the next podcast in front of me, so I'm not sure when you'll hear back from us, but uh, yeah. we'll try and get you some more content soon. So until next time, just stay vigilant. Stay, stay vigilant. <laughs>